0: Hi and welcome to the Frank and Fearless Leadership Podcast. I'm your host Adam Harris. This podcast is all about helping leaders understand how do they get focus, flow, and fun. Over the course of this podcast, I'll be working with and interviewing senior people, leaders, and authors from around the world who will be giving their insights, their questions, their challenges around how they and the people that they work with become frank and fearless. Hi, and welcome to the latest edition of the Frank and Fearless Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Harris, and today I am with and joined by Adrian Kingsford. Hey, Adrian, how are you? Hey, Adam, I'm good. How are you? Good. Right. So let's uh, start off and get really deep and dirty. When we talk about Frank and Fearless Leadership, what does that mean to you? Good question. Um, Yeah,
1: so uh, if we break down the words, you know, Frank, uh, it's um, being open, being honest um, and fearless, not being afraid to say what you think. Um, But I do think you should do that with permission uh, and, uh, you know, with respect. But yeah, Frank and Fearless as as a name, as a brand, I think that's fantastic. And uh, I've actually had it commented to me that uh, other people, by the people that they they wish that they'd have thought of that name.
0: <laughs> well, that, that's, a, that's a great comment. Um, so when you think about yourself being frank and fearless, is there a moment uh, in time or a situation when you really have been frank and fearless?
1: I think when you see something that isn't quite right and you know that someone will get to the End result eventually, but it's not quite quick enough. I think you need to put yourself in the situation of being uh, a, a, an advisor and telling someone the kind truth, um, but in a, a respectful way uh, and in a way that's encouraging and nurturing, rather than making them feel like they've been told off.
0: Because uh, you and I, you and I know each other, and we've uh, we've worked with each other for for a time. I remember one of your former employers, uh, there was always a bit of a constant battle in the, the lines of communication, wasn't there? To some
1: degree, yes. Um, I think sometimes it's um, it, it was a lot of clarity was, was needed um, and in some cases, clarity was seen to be given but wasn't always received as clear as it was intended to be sent, <laughs> if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, so let, let's pick up on that word clarity why as a leader is it important to first and foremost have clarity for ourselves but second of all for the people that work uh, around and with us
1: i think as a leader if you're not very clear on where you're going and what you need to do to get there uh, then how can those people that you're leading you know be able to to understand where you're trying to get to so yeah absolutely being 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 clear um, not just in your communication, but in the style the the, the the out outcome, the output, the strategy of where you're going and the goal you want to achieve is is key and and communication as well. so being clear and communi- communicating that strategy clearly as well
0: Adrian, when you reflect on your your career, who's the leader or leaders that you admired and and why? What was it that they did for you that helped you understand what you needed to do? If I go
1: go back a few jobs now, um, there was a a manager that I had who uh, took a a leap of faith in my ability and tried to encourage me to do the things I wasn't quite sure that I could do because I was moving out of a hands-on technology role into more of a pre-selling role. So I think that it showed me leadership qualities there that someone could recognize something in me that I didn't know I had. Um, mm-hmm. And so they took a leap of faith there. But they were also very clear in what they expected me to do as part of that role, um, which gave me uh, the, the, the the clarity to, uh, you know, to get on with what I needed to do.
0: And if um, if you could have a conversation with them now, what's the one question you'd ask them? I, I
1: did actually have a conversation with this person, um, a, a couple of years ago when we were at a, an event in Europe. Um, and I, and I did actually say to him, um, why did you take me on? Why did you employ me? And, and his answer was because he saw something in me that I, that I didn't see in myself and he knew that I'd be able to, to change and adapt and, and develop into what he needed because he was very clear on what he was trying to achieve.
0: So, um, you and I have known each other for a few years now. Um, do you want to just share with the audience uh, how we met? And Because uh, I think there's a little bit of a funny story there. So yeah, when we
1: first had the opportunity to work together, uh, you were facilitating a, a group uh, which I was invited to. It was part of a, a peer group of trusted business owners and leaders and Initially, we went round the room introducing ourselves, and uh, I think I said something like, "I've been here three months, and uh, I've got you know all this work to do. I'm doing these plans and this plans and working out what needs to be done, and trying to get to know the people." Um, and you quite, quite fearlessly, <laughs> turned around to me and said, "When are you going to stop being the new boy?" And I was, I was quite taken aback, and I thought, how can this guy, he doesn't even know me, how can he turn around to me and and, and say that to me? <laughs> um, but actually, it made me think, why am I saying I'm new? Why don't I just get on with the job I've been employed to do and and, and stop saying I'm the new boy? Um, and that, that was a pivotal moment for me. It actually refocused me onto the job at hand, the task at hand, um, and set me on a path to to just get on with it and I think that probably that single comment from you accelerated my journey into building some traction within that part of the business
0: so um Adrian why why is it that we put labels on things and we prevent ourselves from being the person that we want to be you know in that in that story that you tell with regards to you using the the new boy card, is that what was stopping you from just being and doing the role that you needed to do I think I needed to prove myself.
1: Uh, I felt I needed to prove myself being only in the job a little while. Uh, there's an expectation of those that people that have employed you and that you're uh, now responsible for that you know what you're doing. And I guess I used that as a bit of a shield to allow me an excuse for some time um, if I didn't have the answers straight away. And I've always liked to have the answers uh, Someone once described me as a pedantic perfectionist, and uh, I, I don't think <laughs> I, I, I should aspire to do that. I don't do that anymore uh, when it was pointed out to me. Um, you know, get get 80% of the weight there and get perfect later.
0: Cool. Um, so, your career has uh, taken a number of different turns. Um, we'll get on to what you're currently doing now, but what, what's the one or two things that you look back and go, wow that really shaped and defined you know who i am as a person today well,
1: i started off in the in the technology industry uh, installing hardware into data centers and uh, moved through to uh, software uh, and and various uh, roles that involved um, pre-selling of the hardware and software moved through various levels of uh, leadership and management and into Um, my CTO role that was uh, at my last employment. The defining moments for me, I I think, were were when I realised what I didn't know. So people talk about being an expert in something um, and I, I think you go through various stages of, you know, you're not quite sure what you what you know you've done a little bit of training and makes you a bit dangerous and then you move into um you know knowing what you don't know um and i think when you know what you don't know that's a point where you can be a little bit more humble and know that you don't know everything and seek to learn um and so i think yeah switching mindset of from a from a thinking you know everything into a thinking that you don't know everything, um, uh, it, it is is a quite a pivotal moment.
0: So you, you remind me of a uh, of a of a memory that I've got of my my daughter who's now thirteen was four at the time, and um, as kids often do, we were just walking. I think we were we, we were down south in the UK, walking on a beach. And completely randomly out of nowhere, she just turned and looked up at me with those big gazing eyes and turned around and said, Daddy, you don't know what you don't know. And then just carried on walking. And it was like, you know, out of the mouths of babes. But I completely and utterly agree with you is that I often talk about the fact that, you know, um, the aspect of curse of knowledge so when we've got too much information and we're ingrained within you know a situation or within an organization is that we're so blinkered to to the to what we believe that we know that actually the true insights come from outside where somebody with no precursor with no emotional involvement uh can just ask a guided question that makes you think in a different way and that's where, for me, uh, coaching really comes into its own. Uh, what's, what's been your experience of, uh, of coaching and going and leading and shining the light on those sorts of questions? Yes, I have been
1: coached, and I have uh, coached people as well. Uh, I think, as a coach, you need to make sure that you're giving people time and space to think which is what was given to me before. And I think a lot of the time people can work out their own answers based on the position that they're in or the challenge or the issue that they're stuck on. They just haven't had the opportunity to be in a safe environment for someone uh, to, uh, to ask the right questions at the right time to pull that answer out of them, because most of the time that answer is within them.
0: So, um, Adrian, moving on, you're now a coach. How how and why did you decide to to become a coach yourself?
1: So, in January this year, my um, my full time employment uh, came to an end. I decided to jump off the cliff and uh, work for myself. And one of the things that I decided very early on was to reflect on what I had done in my career and what I would enjoyed doing in my career. And upon reflection, I realized that my leadership style, my management style, was one of empowerment, one of nurture, one of caring, um, and was actually a reasonable listener, um, all of which are things that uh, a coach needs to have. So I thought, let me explore the coaching uh, idea, what it means. Um, not to be confused with mentoring, which is a different thing, um, although they're often used synonymously in in, in the same conversations. Um, I think as a coach, you have to un- you have to believe that a person has the answer within them. It needs to be come to be brought to the surface. As a mentor, you're imparting experience and advice to somebody who uh, you know based on your own experience. So I I went through various. Uh, roots of looking at what I could do. I looked at non-exec director type roles, did a little bit of training in that. Uh, I looked at partnering with other organisations from a technology point of view, looked at partnering with other organisations from a people point of view, some of which I still maintain those relationships. But the thing that really excited me and that I enjoyed doing and, and the feedback that I've got was that, that I could could do well and help people with was the coaching. So I decided to put myself through a couple of different coaching training courses Uh, and um, also uh, given my experience with you uh, and your new frank and fearless brand uh, i thought it would be a great opportunity to work with you again uh,
0: and uh, be an associate coach to frank and fearless so it's uh, it's great to have you on board what what is it about the frank and fearless style and brand which aligns with you and your coaching style well i have to blame you for some of that
1: <laughs> um we were um we were we were presenting together at an event in london a few years ago and uh after the sessions that we'd both presented we were sat down in the coffee area and uh and i was having a little bit of a, a wobble i think about my career and you just sat me down and said what is it you want to do and i said well, if I look at you, Adam, I I want to do what you do, um, and in the way that you do it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you're partly to blame for that. Um, but you know, you, you've you've been an inspiration to me and, and someone that I I've aspired to uh, to be like. So when I saw uh, that you were launching Frank and Fearless, I thought there has to be an opportunity to work here, uh, and uh, I, I wanted to associate myself uh, to you um, and your brand Uh, and frank and fearless just resonated with me as it it describes you Um, it describes your style it describes your way um, and it's you know cut the crap (laughs) you know get to the point and uh, that that, that's the way that, that that you roll and that gets results And I respect that and uh, I aspire to be like that too.
0: Um, And you definitely are because of the decisions that you have made, but uh, constantly making. Um, And I think, you know, for those people that are listening, you know, often we find ourselves in these situations where we're kind of sitting on the edge of our comfort zone and we know and feel that we want to do it, but we need that support guidance, a little bit of a push. And we've all had those people in our lives that at some moment in time has just just almost given us that little bit of a push uh, that's allowed us to kind of uh, move forward. And, you know, maybe I'd ask as you're listening to this, you know, maybe think about those one or two people that have have done that for you. Maybe reach out and just uh, check in with them uh, and follow up. And sometimes, um, you know, and I've had this a couple of times, Adrian, is that we don't actually appreciate the impact that we have on other people's lives. So uh, some of the stories that you've said about me and the impact that I've had on you, I actually didn't know necessarily all of them straight away. You you subsequently told me over the years, you know, we we never know the impact that we are actually having on people just uh, on a day-to-day basis. Um, I just want to talk uh, uh, um, about, so you've come on board, you're doing coaching, but you're also uh, leading one of the mastermind groups. Do you, can you just uh, share a little bit more about the Elevate program and what you're hoping to achieve with that?
1: Absolutely. So the Elevate Mastermind program is for those uh, managers uh, or, or directors who aspire to become a true business leader. Uh, and what I mean by that is a lot of people get to a leadership position and they think, great, I've made it, you know, to some degree, some people might even think it's, you know, that, that, that they can put their feet up a little bit. But that's not the case, in my opinion. For me, being a true leader is a responsibility to do more. And we have to teach, coach, guide the next generation of business leaders um, in a style that makes them have a lot of empathy for their staff Um, they need to be effectively coaches themselves and this is a program that allows people to talk amongst their peers get feedback from their peers ask questions from their peers facilitated by uh, me and uh, a chance for people to see what the future could bring to them and some people might decide they're quite happy where they are but some people will decide they want to move forward and they want to learn the right way of becoming a leader um, along with all of the different things and character attributes that you need to be a leader. You have to be a good listener. You have to be able to make decisive decisions. You have to be able to ask incisive questions. You have to give people a uh, a space and a place that's safe and confidential for them to share their frustrations Um, And I think as part of this group, we can make sure that we're questioning the questions, not just answering the questions. So making people think.
0: What what makes a bad leader? I I think um,
1: a a bad leader or someone that doesn't lead very well would be somebody that's – it's a fine balance, isn't it? Because you want someone to be quite headstrong, forthright and have the right ideas and drive things forward – but at the same time, they've got to have some humility. They've got to be humble. They've got to be able to clearly articulate the business strategy. They've got to be approachable. Um, you know, there's that thing of my door's always open. Well, it is, but even though it's open, people are still scared to go in it because they w- might walk out with, you know, more actions than they went in with. Um, so, you know, what makes a what makes a bad leader, or what's a trait of a bad leader? Someone that doesn't listen. Someone that doesn't have empathy. Somebody that doesn't give someone else a chance to explore um, opportunities or explain uh, something that they want to do. Um, They don't give somebody the chance to explain or describe or the space to explore and think.
0: Um, So a couple more questions on this. What's the difference between being a manager and being a leader? So I think a manager would be...
1: Uh, organizing being accountable for a a function making sure that things run smoothly day to day a leader would be someone that takes a slightly different view uh, in that they would empower the manager to do the role they would also be thinking about what do we do moving forward how do we look ahead to identify issues and challenges that are going to come down the line that we might be able to head off at the pass. Um, also to be, be supportive to the people around you. A manager absolutely should be that as well, but at the end of the day, a manager is there to, to, to make sure that things happen on a day-to-day basis and to deal with issues as they come up. I think the leader should take a slightly longer-term view of things and be a little bit more strategic Um, and be there to support and guide when when the big problems come along and when the big decisions need making
0: when you think about um leaders on a on a global scale political sports um is there one or two people that come to mind that you really um have admiration for uh they inspire you i'm interested to know who they are and why
1: great question um I think if I, if I look back at the people that have influenced my life and my thinking, but strangely uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> uh, is uh, is a person that I've, uh, I grew up kind of watching his movies. And when, when you look at, there's a great YouTube video of him um, talking about, uh, uh, you know, how to be successful. And there are, there are four or five different things that he talks about uh, that, the that drive people forwards but you know he, he was a guy that started in he was born in austria and uh, always wanted to go to to america became obviously a, a bodybuilder but then a film star but then a politician and now he does a lot uh um, online uh, as well so he's he's inspired me watching his journey and how committed and dedicated he was and is to uh, what he's doing and in the speech, you should uh, you should have a look at it on YouTube. He, he talks about the fact: how do you break up your day? Um, it's about time management. And one of the one of the sayings that that he he says in his speech that, that that's resonated with with me. People say there's not enough time in the day. You know, he breaks down the day, and uh, one of the things is is sleep. Um, sleep is very important, clearly, because we need to uh, uh, have enough sleep to function properly. And someone in the audience, when he was talking, said, well, you know, I need at least eight hours of sleep a day. And Arnold said, well, I I have six, so sleep faster. (laughs) Is there
0: anybody else that
1: uh, has inspired you? Uh, Yes, uh, an author, uh, a guy called Patrick Lencioni, um, who actually, I think you introduced me to Patrick Lencioni as well with his book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. That was the first book I read of his series and um, there's about a dozen books now that he's had and I've, I've read them all and they're all great they're all told in a in a fable sort of story uh, scenario um, but the lessons that are taught throughout the stories um, are things that I still refer to on a daily basis they're things that come up sayings that I will use um, and I, I am a, a passionate reader I've read a lot of books over the last few years about leadership. Um, and one, one particular book uh, around business structure, strategy, uh, operating system of how you run your business uh, was by Gino Wickman, a book called Traction, which, again, you introduced me to. Um, and, again, the, 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 the components of that book, the tools, the methodology um, are things that I, I use in my daily business and also uh, with some clients and there's a great network of people that can implement that uh, as well but it really can make a difference to businesses and it is something that I've implemented in previous roles as well yeah
0: so uh, I'm just I'm just reflecting on uh, on some of those examples and the books that you mentioned and there's a there's a common theme that that goes throughout all of that which is there's a level of simplicity but also there's a level of uh, consistency and routine. And actually, you know, I've had the pleasure of meeting Patrick Lencioni a couple of times. Um, and, and what I love about his work is it's the it's the rigor and the research that has been done that backs up a lot of his work. Uh, if if those of you that are listening haven't uh, read any of his stuff, definitely worthwhile looking into. Um, he's got a great thing called uh, the Hedgehog uh, Principle, uh, which is definitely worthwhile uh, looking at. So, so here's a question for you, Adrian because you spoke about three people there and then uh, around books if you were going to write or when you write your book what's your book going to be called and what's it going to be about
1: wow um well I don't think it would be that interesting if it was about my life story (laughs) so I think it would have to be something around leadership and 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 the boardroom um, maybe maybe it'd be called that. I don't know. I haven't thought much about a title, but certainly I think there is a, a book in me, and um, it is something that I've I've toyed with uh, uh, in the past. I think it would be a book that needs to help people. It, it, it may it may be a, including various exercises, various coaching techniques. The, the one the one thing I found with with the books that I've I've read and that have been influential on me, there's a lot of books that tell you what mm-hmm. you should do. But there are very few books that tell you how you should yeah. do it. And the books that resonate with me are the ones that tell you how you should do it if you want to adopt it. And an example of that is the Patrick Lencioni books and Gina Wickman's uh, catalogue of books as well. So will I write a book? Uh, pro- probably. And I hope I hope I do. Um, I think I will at one point. What I'll call it, um, I'm not sure, um, but I'm sure it will be based around leadership and
0: Cool. Uh, so you heard it here first. Uh, uh, Adrian Kingsford has committed to writing a book, um, and we uh, we uh, we await the uh, the title <laughs> and, the, and, and the content. So you, you mentioned there, Adrian, about this. Um, you, you, you said it quite firmly. Well, it would be a book about helping people. What 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 is it about helping people that is important to you? So I
1: like to see those light bulb moments when something clicks with someone they finally get it or there's a realization and you've helped them to come to that realization or to decide to take that action or um, make that move that I I like to help because I like the feeling of seeing someone uh, suddenly have a realization
0: what's the most powerful question that you've ever asked
1: as a coach Again, I'll refer to, to Nancy Klein um, in her book "Time to Think." She has a few, a, a few, um, a few uh, questions in a series that, that that you go through. But one of them uh, that that you have to, you have to be at the right point to ask this question. It won't it won't work if the person's not being coached to the right point. But the most powerful question is: If you knew that the thing that you wanted to do was going to be OK, what would you do? And that makes people think about that question. It's like, well, if, if I knew it was going to be fine, then I'd just go and do it. right? So why don't you just go and do it then? Well, because I don't know it. what's well, not going to be right. Well, you don't know until you try, so go try it. And that, that's a quite, a quite a powerful question. Another powerful question that was asked to me is when are you going to stop being the new boy? <laughs>
0: Um, and just unpacking that question is that there's so many different variations that can kind of sit with that. And I think one of the roles as a coach is about just bouncing that back and it's almost a case of putting the mirror up in front of somebody's face and go, okay, so if you knew that you couldn't fail, then what would you do? Uh, and the logical brain then kicks in. Yes. And the emotion, the fear often, the uh, the thing that's holding us back if you can find a way of working through it, is that you see almost the light at the end of the tunnel, um, and it, it, it's um, it's so powerful. It's about the uh, challenging our mind, the inquisitive nature, using the intuitiveness that we've got within us uh, to to find that. Um, and you know, I often say, and I don't know if you agree with me on this, is that uh, I, I feel that we all need to be challenged. Some people are really good at challenging themselves. Uh, Some people need to be uh, challenged by a coach. And some people, actually, they work better working within the groups. But uh, I'm a massive advocate that you need to find a way of being challenged. Do do you agree with me on that? Yeah, I
1: think you do need to be challenged, absolutely. If If you're not challenged, then you're going to stagnate. You're not going to push yourself to move forward. You're not going to step outside of your comfort zone. So... I think you have to be challenged and and the skill of the coach is to challenge at the right time and Mm -hmm. ask the right questions at the right time. Um, Because the the brain always wants to find an answer. Um, So if you ask it a question, you can't help but try and answer it. So again, it might not come quickly or easily. Um, The brain will continue to try and work out what that answer is, which is why it's important to give people time to think about and then respond to the answer rather than reacting to the first thing
0: that came into their head when, when you think about the tools that you've got within your coaching bag what, what are the ones that you use regularly in your practice i do
1: use some of the nancy klein uh, questions um i do have a set of my own questions um there are various methodologies that 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 you can take uh, uh if you if you need guidance through uh, a session um yeah, there's the grow model the create model there's uh, lots of different uh, models um, and uh, I, I I think the, the the best thing to do is is mm-hmm. to go in with an open mind not to go in with a, a perception of I've got to go through a process um, again come back to that you know listen with your two ears and speak with your one mouth um, give give people time to think and make sure that they feel comfortable opening up to you as well
0: when you think about the everything that you've had in your professional career what's the one or two golden nuggets that you'd like to share with people be kind to people
1: take time to listen to people um understand that What's right in front of you at every ever given point in time is just the tip of the iceberg and there's a lot going on in people's lives that you don't see and that you don't know and you don't hear about. Treat people with respect and give them, give them time. Um, be humble in yourself and have good humility and try to be as empathetic as you can to people and their situations.
0: One or two words to describe you as a coach.
1: Frank and Fearless.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, Adrian, really appreciate you spending the time and joining me on uh, today's podcast. If you have liked and want to continue listening, please click to ensure that you subscribe whichever platform that you're listening on. And please join us next time on the Frank and Fearless Leadership Podcast where we delve in and find out how people have focus, flow and and fun, thank you.